Oh, hey everybody, greetings, salutations, bienvenue, however you want to pronounce it. Welcome to the season four premiere of the Down South IT Podcast. I'm glad you're here. Over the last, well, last weekend, the, as I'm recording this, we had an event out in Las Vegas known simply as CES, or the Consumer Electronics Show. And basically, this is where many, not all, but a lot of the big name companies in electronics and tech come to have their little playground. This is where they announce most of their new stuff that'll be coming out over the course of the following year and even debut some prototypes and different things like that that could be coming out later on in the future. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to hit all the top spots that occurred during CES last week. And of course, before I get rolling on all of that, hope everybody had a great holiday and a good new year. So want to get that out first and foremost. Also, everything that I talk about today, plus more, because I'm probably not going to be able to get it all in. But everything that I talk about, plus everything that I didn't talk about, is going to be on the website, of course, in the show prep. And that's going to be DownSouthITPodcast.com. Right underneath the embedded player, you'll see the show prep icon. Go ahead and hit that. It'll be right there for you. You can click on it and you'll bring it up. I even got links to some of the th- some of these devices and things so you can see what they look like and read the articles that I read and since I was not able to go, unfortunately, to CES. One of these days, one of these days, I'm going to make it over there. I promise. So on top of that, also, don't don't forget YouTube channel. You can go like and subscribe to that. We've got bunch of videos up there you can take a look at more coming out every day in fact i think i might shoot one here in the next couple of days and put it up there so something interesting that i got my hands on that i kind of want to take a little tour of so that ought to be interesting if you can check that out once it comes out and of course if you don't find me on the web you can find me on facebook at down south it you can find me right there always posting stuff on there different pictures videos articles that i think y'all find helpful So hit me up on there. Give the page a like if you don't mind. So let's go ahead and get into the good stuff. And I basically broke everything down into categories. And most of CES is going to be electronics, TVs, you know, a few computer things, some gaming stuff, but not a whole lot of mobile. So they do have laptops. But as far as phones go, there wasn't a whole lot there. So I guess we'll go ahead and start there since that'll be the quickest side. And basically what it is, they most most manufacturers hold off on announcing phones or doing anything like that during CES, mainly because a lot of them do it during Mobile World Congress. And that's basically a CES just for mobile phones, just for smartphones and different things like that. It takes place in Spain, usually first, second week of March. I'll be covering that too on a a podcast up in the future. So after that's over, I'll be going over best ofs and that kind of thing from Mobile World Congress. So they only had really a couple of different phones that were really worth talking about. And the first one's actually from Samsung and it's called the Samsung Bloom. It's a clamshell foldable smartphone. Not it. It's different of the galaxy fold and that the galaxy fold folded with wise 
This one actually folds top to bottom. So this one's a lot more akin to the Motorola Razor that came out last year that folds in the same way. Now, the difference in this one is that it's going to cost less than $1,000. And Samsung actually does their own announcement event. They're going to be doing it on February 11th this year. So that's when they're going to announce all of their other flagships, probably the S11, Note 11, a few other things that are going to come out around that time. So they really didn't have a whole lot that they said about it, but they did want to introduce this one at CES this year. So they did do that one. The other phone that was of note was actually made by TCL. And if you don't recognize the name in smartphones is because this is the first one they've made. TCL usually does lower end televisions. They do HD TVs, Roku TVs, that type of thing. So they do kind of lower to mid tier electronics, but this is their first smartphone. And what they brought to CES this year was actually called the TCL 10 Pro. It's a 5G smartphone under $500. They didn't really give out a whole lot of specs, but what we do know so far is that it has a Snapdragon 765G, which is the newest processor that's able to run 5G. It has four cameras, including a 64 megapixel main camera, dual flash, a headphone jack, and a USB Type-C port. Of course, again, at Mobile World Congress, they're going to do a full reveal on it, but they, they did show it and they got a couple of pictures out of it. Kind of a snazzy looking phone. It really does look pretty good. I do think the one thing that was kind of, that kind of turned me off a little bit of it was just on the back, how the cameras are arranged instead of being like in a cluster, like on the iPhone 11 or the Galaxy, you know, the Galaxy series all off in one corner. They actually are straight across the, the middle of the phone toward the top. So by that top third and all four, all four cameras go all the way across. So that was kind of an odd thing. I, I understand it, but just see the way it was, the way it was shown was kind of, I wouldn't say it turned me off, but it's so different from what everybody else is doing. So that was kind of, you know, that was kind of my thing. It was, it's, it looked good. It looked like a damn nice phone. I'm kind of interested to hear what the rest of the other specs are, but we'll have to wait until March whenever Mobile World Congress comes along and we'll figure that out. So moving on, we have some odds and ends and not necessarily everything that is introduced at CES is tech related. There are most things, but some things are not. Last year, if you remember, they did the impossible beef which now has translated into the impossible Whopper, you know, from Burger King, which I've still yet to try. But this year, not to be outdone, they went ahead and introduced impossible pork. So they're going to do a plant-based pork substitute that's supposedly going to cook and taste just like pork. From what I heard, it actually does taste a lot like pork. And I think pork is actually probably going to be a little bit easier to match the taste to than beef. So that doesn't surprise me. I did see a couple of things from like Impossible, I believe, some kind of some seafood. I think they were doing some seafood, too, that they, they were doing plant based like that. I didn't I only read one article on it, so I'm not 100 percent sure if that was actually 
something that was there or if that's something they just kind of, you know, some hearsay. So I don't want to say completely, but this for sure, I know they did. And they had people that tried it and they said it tasted a lot like pork. So we shall see. I don't know. Next up, we have something that might interest you if you happen to ever run out of toilet paper. Charmin, the people that brought you your roll of toilet paper have now have a robot. And the whole thing is called the robot. And what it does is if you have your phone right there on and you run out of toilet paper, you can call the robot into the bathroom to bring you an extra roll of toilet paper. I think this is more of a solution looking for a problem. But to each his own, every every castle has its own master and every master has their subordinates, I guess. So if you're willing to pay for it, you can have a robot that'll bring you toilet paper. <laughs> Next up, we had a company called Neofect. And what they did was they actually introduced a system that uses games and animations and different visual stimulus along with a pressure sensitive pad with railings on it. And what it does is it, the games and animations help those that have had strokes or need physical therapy to help get their leg strength back, improve their balance and their posture for rehab, different kind of things like that. So it's using tech for something very physical in nature. And the best part is they're using it to try to make these things more fun, more stimulating, help people get through a difficult time using animations and different things like that. You know, whenever you're playing a game, things seem to always move faster. You know, if your spirits are up, especially in things that with a medical attitude is 99% of everything. You know, if you got a good attitude, everything's upbeat and happy, your recovery time is going to drop. And I think using something like that is actually going to help a lot of people. I think they just introduced this and I really hope that it does catch on because I have family members in the medical profession specifically doing physical therapy. And I hear stories of difficulties and things like that. And if this would make their job easier and help out their patients, I'm all for it. They did have a couple of companies that came out with some new mesh router systems. Uh, the mesh routers are the ones that have multiple small routers that you place throughout your house, you know, for better coverage. D-Link introduced their X1872 Wi-Fi 6 router system. And theirs is going to start off, it's a two-piece system. So you got two, basically a, a router and a satellite. And it's going to be a lot faster. You're going to have a lot better coverage with the Wi-Fi 6 standard, the Wi-Fi AX that's, that just came out not long ago. And they're going to, both of those are going to start at 269. So that's actually not too, too bad. Uh, Netgear and TP-Link also introduced their mesh uh, Wi-Fi routers. And all of those had Wi-Fi 6. I think probably the best in show that I've seen was the Netgear one. And they using the Nighthawk branding for that they use for their gaming routers for this mesh Wi-Fi system. That doesn't surprise me. Because usually the Nighthawk series on anything that Netgear puts their name on is going to be a beast. So that doesn't surprise me at all. Now, rounding out our odds and ends, 
Google had a pretty big presence at CES this year, but they didn't actually introduce really a whole lot that was very new as far as hardware goes. What they did was they introduced a lot of features that are going into the hardware that they came out with roughly four to five months ago. And a few of those things happen to be telling being able to tell your Google assistant to forget the last command that it recorded. A lot of times if you're using a Alexa or a Google home mini, anything like that, the TV can set it off sometimes and, you know, different things like that. And you can just tell it, you know, Google, that wasn't for you and it'll delete command. Couple other things that they're doing is digital sticky notes. So you can do basically digital reminders and they're going to have smart home event scheduling. And I noticed this with my Google home minis that if I wanted to schedule a light to come on at a certain time or anything like that, I couldn't do it within Google's own app. I had to do it from within the hub that I'm using as far as you either smart things or Casa Casa or whatever you want to call it, you know, or any of those, you have to use the hub in order to do a lot of the scheduling. Well, Google's going to be able to do the scheduling side now, which was something that you probably should have had a long time ago, but Hey, at least they're getting to it now. So moving onward and upward, into the gaming uh, space, Alienware came out with what they're calling the US full concept prototype. And basically it's a mobile game system that's really real. It looks a lot like a Nintendo Switch or a Switch Lite. And what it does is it plays PC versions of games. So they beefed up the hardware and it's able to play full size PC versions of you know, regular games that you can get on Steam or, you know, pay for outright. And from everything that I've seen, this thing actually works really, really well. It's comfortable. The screen is great. Battery life was really good. So everybody that tried it loved it. So will this be a switch killer? I'm not 100% certain, but I'd be willing to bet that they're going to have a pretty good market share whenever this thing actually does come out. Moving up to tablets, Lenovo came out with the ThinkPad X1 Fold, and this is actually a slate tablet, so it's a, just a full tablet that can be folded halfway into a laptop, and the cool thing with this was you didn't, it just didn't fold to turn off. You could actually take this thing and fold it halfway. The top of it would be your normal display, your screen, and then the bottom half would turn into a touch keyboard. So you could use it as a, ta a full tablet or you can fold it at a 90 degree angle and use it as a thin book, you know, a netbook. So that was kind of cool. I'm not exactly sure how, I didn't read anything on how the screen would hold up because I don't believe they let anybody play with it a whole, whole lot. So if they can get around the same issues that the Galaxy Fold had as far as the screen being so prone to damage, this might actually be something viable. And I think that's probably where a lot of stuff is going to be heading fairly soon. Now, from there, we jump up to laptops and we have a few laptops that came in and Dell introduced two foldable laptops, one called the Duet and the other called the Ori. 
the or the duet is the one that's going to come out first and it's a foldable laptop and basically it does the same thing that the Lenovo ThinkPad that I just talked about does it you'd be able to use it as a full tablet fold it 90 degrees use the top as a as a screen and the bottom as a touchpad kind of that same concept it's just a little bit different design that one should be coming out later on this year I think late uh, late this year toward Christmas they didn't have any specs on when the Ori was going to be coming out and they really didn't have any specs as far as you know hardware was concerned Lenovo also had a nice little laptop that they decided to bring in and this was the ThinkBook Plus it's a 10th gen i7 CPU has integrated Intel graphics 16 gigs of RAM 512 gig M.2 drive a full HD display a power button with an integrated fingerprint reader and the cool thing about this one is that it has an e-ink display with a stylus built into the top cover so if you think e-ink the first thing you should think of is the original kindle that was e-ink and this actually has you can have the ability it has screensavers that you can put on it or you can jot down notes or little drawings or you know just different things anything that you can write down on a piece of paper it will automatically sync with microsoft OneNote without even having to open up the cover and i thought that was actually fairly ingenious considering with everything moving to digital that does not it doesn't surprise me i'm surprised it took this long for somebody to actually do anything with it and this uh this laptop is actually going to run around 1200 when it debuts and it should be out later this year but of all the laptops that were shown this year, Asus probably took the, the crown this year with the ROG Zephyrus G14. It's a 14-inch gaming laptop, and it has 1,200 LED pixels built into the front cover. And you can use those pixels to show any animations or just words or different things, any kind of little small animations like that or just pictures stuff like that, and it, it will use up a little bit of battery, but it's a cool concept. I like it, but the thing that really gets everybody's head spinning with this one is the fourth generation AMD Ryzen 7 CPU that's in it. It's an eight-core, 16-thread CPU, and it's paired with a NVIDIA RTX 2060 mobile GPU. 1440 display. This thing might not be exactly a gaming beast, but with the hardware that it has, this is by far probably going to be the most well-rounded laptop that you could buy this year. You'd be able to do just about anything you want to on it, including gaming. And it'll probably, it should breeze through just about every bit of it with that eight core CPU and that 2060. It's going to just blow through just about anything. So overall that I can understand why this took, you know, top honors and a, a bunch of people are loving it at CES. It's a really, really, really nice laptop. And since I already mentioned Ryzen and AMD, we can also talk about how AMD announced their fourth generation Ryzen CPUs on their Zen 3 platform. All of their new CPUs, it doesn't matter which one that comes out first or comes out last is going to rip Intel a new one. And Intel does not have a single 
thing coming. They are pretty much behind the eight ball so far right now. At least they're about two years behind from what I can gather. On top of AMD also announcing their 64-core Threadripper CPU for servers and data centers. That is insane. And the the mo- really the most insane part is not only does Intel really not have an answer for AMD right now, but the fact that AMD is packing more cores, more compute threads per CPU and doing it for less money. AMD has Intel back in a corner right now. And like I said, they're about two years behind. So it should, it'll take them, they may have single single CPU core clock speed ahead of AMD. But as far as any kind of thing that uses multiple cores or any anything that resembles normal actual work, that you do besides running some games that require the single CPU, AMD got their number and they're just going to have their number for a while. And if the CPUs weren't enough, AMD also introduced their mid-range graphics cards. So now they introduced the 5600 and 5600 XT. Yeah, XT. And those are going to be pushing on NVIDIA a good little bit, at least in the mid-tier side of the graphics uh, cards. So NVIDIA's 1650 and 1660 and 1660 Ti's are going to have some competition here shortly. And, hey, competition is good. And I tell you what, Team Red's throwing down the gauntlet. They're letting everybody know. <laughs> they want they did not come to play. And it's, to be honest, it is awesome i love it i've been using amds for a long time and to finally see somebody give intel and nvidia a run for their money or at least put some pressure on them that puts a big smile on my face now from there we'll jump into smart home and one of the interesting ones was an abode smart camera which looks oddly similar to a ring doorbell, but it's basically a giant square. They don't have the doorbell part yet, but they say that part's coming. So that's an interesting one. We do have a Kohler Moxie shower head. It's a $229 shower head and it has a built-in Harman Kardon speaker with Alexa built-in. So if you want either to listen to music while you're taking a shower or If you want to talk to Alexa while you're standing in the shower, now you have the ability if you really want to. So not something probably for me, but hey, to each his own. LG also introduced their InstaView ThinQ oven. It's a smart oven with built-in air frying capability and even has the knock-on light feature that their cell phones and refrigerators have. So you... If you want to turn the light on the inside, you just knock on the glass twice and boom, the light turns on. So along with that, it does have the the app and everything to be able to monitor everything. So, And it's integrated with Google Home and Alexa, all of the, the main stuff that you would think a major appliance should have. It does. Ring went ahead and introduced something new. It's called the Ring Access Controller Pro. This is actually a ring doorbell, but it's has built-in gate controls. 
So if you happen to have a gate, a motorized gate at your driveway or a lockable gate, motorized gate at an entrance to your home, you can actually put this there and the doorbell, you'd be able to control access to people to open the gate with the doorbell. So that was actually kind of neat. I thought that was cool. And Wemo actually introduced a new version of the smart plug that I reviewed already on the, the website. The design of it is actually very similar to the, the TP-Link Casa smart plugs that I also reviewed on this, on this page, on this podcast before. They're about the same size as the, the Casa ones. So they're a lot smaller than the Wemo that I reviewed before. So they packed everything into a smaller package, but also now they have something called the Wemo Stage, which is a wireless remote that will control a switch. So you can plug the plug behind something and just if you can't reach it, you have the wireless remote that you can turn things off and on. I actually have these with my smart light switches at home already and little remotes like that, they're actually pretty invaluable, especially depending on how you have everything installed it really is a nice feature to have and for them to, to actually take that step is actually kind of cool. And lastly, but not leastly, we come to TVs because CES is famous for having mostly TVs as being things that are introduced. So Samsung last year had a 272 inch micro LED TV and they called it the wall. Well, now they have a new version of it and it's 292 inches. And this one basically is the same as what it was before. The screen is actually made up of smaller pods with controllers on the back of them and separate power sources. So these, this one, the wall that there came out with this year, last year was more along the lines of something that might be consumer-based. This one, however, the way it's set up and the way it works, it's more to the commercial market. This is for a lot of large video boards and different things at hotels, racetracks, restaurants, you know, different things like that, casinos, places that have large video walls that could possibly even curve, you know, go around corners, things like that. Think Times Square. But that's mainly what this is kind of geared towards. LG also introduced, again, their rollable, foldable OLED TV which this was kind of the highlight of CES last year, but, and they said it was supposed to come to market sometime last year, but now they brought it back. And instead of being a 55 inch, they upped it a little bit to a 65 inch. And the big thing with this one is the, it's, it has a built-in sound bar in a giant box. Well, not a giant, but about an eight inch square box by roughly 40 inches wide. And the TV rolls up on a stand out of the box and then rolls in and rolls back in. If once you're done with it, once you turn it off, the whole thing is roughly going to be about $60,000 when it launches. So I'm not sure what kind of market they're looking at, but it's going to be very niche. But if you do happen to have the spare money for it, the TV looks good and it will definitely be the talk of any party that you happen to be throwing at your house. And finally, Vizio announced two new items at CES this year. They have 
a new Dolby Atmos soundbar. And the thing with this is that the speakers actually will rotate to be able to give you the best sound depending on where the soundbar is placed in relation to the TV and the content that you're playing on it. So it'll give you the best possible sound automatically by actually rotating the speakers up toward the TV or down toward you. So it kind of depends on what's playing and, you know, all of that. But they announced that and also their first ever OLED TV. Vizio's never done an OLED TV. They've always been kind of that mid to lower tier LED TV. They just recently started getting into the upper end LED TVs and LCDs. But now they actually came out with an OLED Apparently, they didn't have anything really on a confirmation of a starting price or anything like that, but it should be coming to market this year. The pictures from what I've seen and from what everyone was saying about it, the TV looks, I mean, amazing. The picture on it's amazing. Usually OLEDs are, so there's really not a whole lot, you know, bad that you can say about an OLED TV, especially a big one, because the picture on it is usually so good, especially, you know, if you get in 4 and 8K. But this will be their first one. So we'll see how that trims into LG's market and Samsung's market because they've been on the the OLED train for a long time now. And just like that, I managed to get through everything. I'm surprised as you are. <laughs> I had a lot of stuff on there. I was surprised that it, uh, I was able to get through it all. But if you want to read about anything that I talked about today, including some links and to some pictures and different things like that, all the top stuff that I think went down at CES this year, check out the website show prep area right underneath the embedded player. You'll find show prep for this episode. And if you go toward the bottom, you'll see the show prep archive. That way you can see all the show prep from every previous episode. So you can go back and check out stuff. I've talked about all the way back to season one, which was many, 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 many moons ago, but that's neither here nor there. While you're on the website, don't forget, check out that embedded player. So if you want to not just read about what I talked about, if you want to hear past episodes, you got it right there. They got the embedded player. Everything should be on there, including the My Two Cents clips, which I happen to put up whenever something catches my interest or catches my eye. You can check out the Facebook page at Down South IT. Also the YouTube channel. Don't forget to like and subscribe to that. And just as I like to end every podcast, you ought to know by now, technology can replace the work of many people, but it can never replace the work of one extraordinary person. So go out and be extraordinary today. Thank you all for listening. This has been the season four premiere of the Down South IT podcast. We've got a lot left in store for this season, so please come back and hit me up. It's going to be a great season. I have a good feeling about it. I hope you do too. I'll catch you next time. This has been Clark with the Down South IT Podcast. I'll catch you on the next run. Later.